Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. Do you guys remember when we did a big story about murder homes? Yes. I, I do. We covered a bunch of different infamous, a bunch, I think it was like three or four infamous um homes where murders had occurred one of them is this uh los feliz murder mansion in los angeles and it's actually back on the market yeah this one i know we had covered and it's been covered in the media going back over a decade you know it's it's famous for a murder occurring back in the 50s and it was abandoned shortly thereafter and just kind of sat there like a time capsule like a moment in time for decades without like 60 60 years yeah where you know there were rumors that a christmas tree was still in place from you know that era the 50s and with presents still yeah with presents still under the tree and and wait can we can we step back because i'm sure that the listeners are curious what is the murder that occurred in this murder house yeah it was uh in the 50s it was uh early one morning in 1959 cardiologist Mm -hmm. harold perelson beat his wife lillian perelson to death with a ball peen hammer Wow, you said that so matter-of-factly. It's as if it wasn't, like, cold-blooded murder. Yeah, no, it was a cold-blooded murder. You know, it was, you know, a big murder in L.A. history, uh, one of Mm -hmm. those cases that lingers. And like I said, uh, the house, after that, you know, incident in 1959, the murder, I shouldn't call it the incident, the murder in 1959, uh, the house sat empty for decades. It it was purchased in 2016 uh, by a woman who is a television legal analyst and her husband who's a tech investor they bought it for 2.3 million um, in a probate auction and they were totally not affected by the fact that a gruesome murder happened there um yep which we've kind of touched on that would you live in a murder house do you believe in ghosts etc so they're moving and they put it back on the market now yeah well so let's recap would you live in a murder house eric sorry Trying to remember uh, where you guys stand on these crucial yeah, issues. Yeah, the, the crucial issues of the day. Uh, murder house, I, again, I, you don't know a house's whole history. So unless it was something particularly notable where you know a house was really stigmatized, I don't know that I'd have a big problem with it. Like the um, the Nikes and the... The Heaven's the, Gate. Yeah, Heaven's the, Gate house. Right. The Nikes. Like that house, that house was torn down because I think... That because of that stigma, there there would never be a buyer that said, "Oh, I can just overlook the fact that thirty something people died here." Yeah, <laughs> if you can uh, if you can overlook that, bless. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how much is it on the market for right now, Eric? Yeah, it's on the market now for three point five million. And as you mentioned, this woman Lisa Bloom and her husband had bought it uh, in two thousand sixteen, and then they wanted to do a big renovation to it. Because it was kind of like an empty shell when they right. bought it, right? It, like, yeah. I, like I say, it, it had not been touched since the 50s or since, mm-hmm. since the late 50s when this murder occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ran into some problems, I guess, with city zoning and permits. Uh, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to double basically the square footage of this mansion and kind of just add on to it because it is on a large lot. And uh, they even had the house in the interior get it kind of down to the studs. But uh, they were they were told, I guess, by the city that they'd need to actually tear the home down 
because it wasn't up to current code. So um, they just said, forget it. Yeah. So it's fully ready to be remodeled. Yeah. And do we expect it to sell pretty quickly? Um, I know LA is an expensive neighborhood or LA is an expensive city. Um, yeah, I, I think it, you know, with uh, the, the, this home sale, it's not going to be dependent on the whole murder house aspect of it. I think that the the fact that Bloom and her husband bought that kind of maybe has taken some of that stigma away. I think mm-hmm. I think what's going to be the difficult part now is finding a buyer who says yes, I want to buy it for three point five million dollars and either knock it down and they have to build a new structure or kind of do a more modest remodel than what this couple had planned, you know, a a smaller remodel and uh, go from there and see if they can make it work and not pour, you know, millions of dollars into building a new house. Right. I hope they don't knock it down. The architecture is beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of that Spanish style, right? I mean, yeah, it's like Spanish revival, like, right. And right now it's like, I think one of you said, it's basically a shell. Um, and it's Mm -hmm. just waiting for somebody. It's been gutted and totally in, in preparation for this big, doubling in size renovation that the couple planned to do, but, um, alas, they said, Nope. On to the next. On to the, (laughs) thank you. Next. Right. Speaking of thank you. Next. Ariana Grande. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Ariana Grande is not buying or selling or renting or doing anything with real estate. We had an interesting, another interesting story this week. Um, all about things in your bedroom that could be freaking out potential buyers. Uh, this is one for the sellers. If you think that you are going to put your house on the market soon and you're going to host an open house and have a bunch of people walking through your bedrooms, there could be some things that will make them cringe. Um, Rachel, what were some of these things? Well, I'm going to turn that question around on you guys and ask, what do you think they are? I, I wouldn't imagine that a lot of people would leave this stuff out, but I guess did we speak with some agents that said, you know, this stuff is out there and people... We did. We got some real anecdotes from agents and home stagers who said um, that they've seen these things out and actually they've witnessed um, certain items be the the turnoff for buyers that that ran them toward the exit. Hmm. So can I I guess one? Please. Yes, please, by Um, all means. Like dentures? Oh. (laughs) Or like a a retainer, like some sort of like mouse device? That's a very good, uh, that's a good guess. And we didn't have that one mentioned specifically, but we did have, this is one that, you know, a lot of us might not think about medical, medical equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think dentures or retainers or something like that might fall under this category. So anything from, yeah, yeah, from that to, um, uh, a CPAP, uh, which is the machine. It's a therapy machine for if you have sleep apnea. Oh. Um, all of these things would be turnoffs for potential buyers because they don't want to think about that. They don't want to think about what you're doing at night. Right. Yeah, that really just adds a level of personalization that it's nobody depressing. wants to see. Right. Yeah. yeah. And well, and yeah, I think, yeah. Does it also add the a- aspect of somebody just being like not well in the home? I'm thinking like, you know, mm-hmm. if there's like, yeah, med- like an iron lung or something. 
<laughs> an iron lung. <laughs> Do they still make no, those? No, they don't make those. But <laughs> but a, like a, a you know like a walker or something like a medical device next to the bed. Yeah. Then you, our expert said exactly that that it not only is it just kind of creepy it it, it inspires or sorry that it evokes kind of feelings of um, anxiety. Right. Because, yeah, it gives an unwell pallor over the entire home. Yep. Even though you know the sellers, you know, and their stuff is are not going to be there if you buy the house. It just kind of mm-hmm. gives an overall impression that's not so healthy. Okay, Eric, what do you, what else do you think should not be featured in your bedroom before buyers come over Ooh. for a show? Like art, <laughs> artwork? Like artwork that people may not be into? Yes. Oh, it's artwork? You got it. Oh, cool. Um, particularly boudoir photography. Oh. Um, yes, boudoir photography, if you are into that kind of thing, which is having your picture taken in a seductive way and then putting it up in the bedroom for your own personal reasons, whatever they may be, is obviously a turnoff for buyers. So I have to put away my boudoir photos of my... Yes, of my- please put away your sexy photographs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I will. What else? What? What? T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T T Sex toys for sure. Yes. Well, yeah, you... but I can't imagine. Do we have an anecdote in this article about somebody, a buyer or seller? I'm sorry, leaving those out. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Really? It happens, you guys. Really? Yes. What? Um, we had a, a realtor in Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, told us that he once worked with a home inspector who, during a routine inspection, checked under the master bedroom sink for leaks. Um, mm. And he found there a pair of sex toys. Now, obviously, the seller had hidden them away and thought they had hidden them away. But you have to remember that when buyers are coming through your house, like a home inspector, they're going to be opening the cabinets. They're going to be opening the doors and the drawers and looking everywhere. So even if you think you've hidden something, you probably haven't. Wow. Just remove it from the house for the weekend. Go put it in your car or something. Uh, put it, in, put it in a duffel bag or something. Okay, yeah, I, I, hadn't really, <laughs> I hadn't really considered that aspect of it because I'm thinking, yes, nobody's leaving these. Outside, out on the nightstand. Right, out on, out on the nightstand. But then I hadn't considered what you're, what you're saying, which is a good point about – People do go through your drawers or look in your closet or will open up doors Mm -hmm. just to see if they work. Mm. Yeah. There was one more that I thought was interesting that was kind of a surprise and several others, but um, laundry. Hmm. So even if it's folded neatly on the edge of your bed, uh, it doesn't matter if it's dirty or clean. Our experts say that laundry is just downright gross. People don't want to think about that when they come in. So fold it up, put it away. Yeah, I know I've walked through open houses where there have been hampers, mm. you know, just with clothes in them. And it's just like, oh, that's not cute, you know? I, yeah. I mean, even though, you know, we all have dirty clothes and we all put them in the hamper or whatever. But to see it at an open house and, yeah, it's just not a good look. Yeah, you want the house to look completely perfect, and you don't want to think about the chores that inevitably you're going to end up having to do in that house. Right. So. Yep. Hmm. Well, if you guys want to find out more on the list, um, I thought they were fairly interesting. Please go to realtor.com slash news, and you'll find our story on things that are freaking out buyers in your bedroom. Whoa. There. 
Okay, well, I think, yeah, I think we're going to have to say goodbye to Rachel right now. Um, bye, Rachel. But uh, thank you for for dropping your knowledge about um, things that you should never have in your room when your you're bed- selling your home. Your bedroom. If your bedroom happens to be really, really small, say if you own a tiny home, hopefully you didn't buy that tiny home on Amazon. Right. I mean, you saw the headlines. I saw the headlines. There were a lot of headlines on the web. I think just within the past couple of weeks, it seemed like this was a, yeah. a whole thing that people were talking about. Oh, you can, you know, you can now buy a tiny home on Amazon for $7,000. And because it's Amazon, they will deliver this tiny home right to your front door. You, you just can, sl- like prime an Amazon. Yeah, it's yeah. Prime, pri- prime a tiny house. Yeah, and it, it, it feeds into that thing, you know, about prime that, you know, you can have anything delivered to your house in two days, even a, even a tiny home. Hi, welcome to Tiny Town. Micro village. Little place. And that's a tiny micro house. Yeah, it's very, very efficient. Everything is thought out. No waste of space anywhere. I'm just hanging out watching TV. I'm just taking a bath. Oh, I'm ready to wash my hair. I can't see the TV now. Can I, can I shut it off? I can't see the TV. Sure. And, it, it, you know, it kind of just, it's one of those ha-ha-ha headlines that people just love to click on. And I believe that's called click clickbait. Clickbait, yes, exactly. But uh, we did an article that kind of pulled back the $7,000 price point and the, the, you know, the worthiness of this tiny home that you're buying for $7,000. Is it really all it's cracked up to be? Apparently not. Um, well, okay. Let me let me walk it back. So for seven thousand dollars, you will in fact get a tiny home. Um, it's from this company uh, called Allwood, uh-huh. and the model is the Solvala. Okay. And it's a one hundred and seventy-two square foot abode, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's exactly seven thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. Right. Um, and the manufacturer claims that it can be built by two adults in eight hours, although it takes about three to five weeks. Uh, delivery takes three to five. Oh, weeks. so this is not a two-day delivery. <laughs> this is not a, a prime prime now. But shipping is free. Wow. That's good. That's cool. Um, but I think people, when they see the name Amazon, they're going to associate, oh, Prime, oh, quick shipping with it. Right. So that, that's another bit of the baitiness of the uh, – clickbaitiness of the headline. Right. So um, it does – But yeah, so, cool. so this is – so it's the it's the Allwood Solvala um, and it went viral, sold out instantly. Uh, and what you get when it's delivered is basically a shell of a house. Right. Um, it's – you know, it's it's a wooden structure. It has a roof. It has a, a bit of a deck. It has doors with glass windows, some nice French doors. Um, but beyond that, there's a lot of stuff missing that you need in a normal house, right? To, to make sure you can actually live there, right? So it's it, you know, it, I, so I have two things right off the top. So yeah. it was claimed that you know, I know you you read this as well. You, it can be built by two adults in eight hours. How much do you believe that? Well, that depends on the user. <laughs> Com- I mean, ha- have you ever put together IKEA furniture? I have. I actually love putting together. You do. Furniture. Okay. I do. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm one of those weirdos. Um, there's, there's just something. Just following in directions. I because right. <laughs> I love following directions. Well, no, that's that's great, and I'm I'm sure you know you and your intelligent husband could probably put this together in eight hours. I know for myself that it would probably end mm-hmm. in tears and recriminations, and you know, 
mean, mean, mean looks all day long. I don't think it would. I mean. Yeah, but I, I, no, I think uh, that, that, you know, I, I have a hard time believing the two adults in eight hours. And then, like you say, when, once it's delivered, you, you say you build it in eight, eight hours, what you have is a shell, right? It's not, there's no insulation, right? No insulation. It's insulation ready. It's is what the, um, the what the description says. Right, and so that that's an additional cost to you if you want to make this a livable space. I mean, you could set this up as like a studio or like a, a shed or mm-hmm. yeah. If you don't need insulation, if you don't need another thing, it's missing is plumbing. If you don't need to go to the bathroom, wash your hands there. Right. It's it's, <laughs> it's perfect for you, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean you're you're also. You also have to take into account putting in a foundation. Oh, well, that's kind of essential. That's not included. And that's, yeah, if you don't want your house to fall down, that's absurd. <laughs> if your walls just start bowing, um, okay, that's going to be important. So, yeah, so all these things really contribute to the bottom line of right. the, the cost of this house. The reality of a $7,000 tiny house is... It's a little misleading. It's you know, there's there's more to it to to, yeah. to buy a kit and then say, oh, I'm just going to spend seven thousand dollars. It's not reality. I mean, we we spoke to some experts. We so we didn't we did a story on um, this buzzy story, right. um, just kind of pulling back the curtain, and um, we got some quotes from experts saying. You know, a, a foundation is going to cost you around $5,000, wow. probably maybe less because mm-hmm. it is a tiny house, but it's not going to be cheap. Um, plumbing can add an extra 3000 approximately, depending on labor costs. Um, electricity can run you up to about a thousand or two thousand. Wow! So you are pretty much doubling. Oh wait, yeah, way way over what you yeah, you're just for the shell. Right. Which, in the grand scheme of it, like that's way less expensive for. I mean, in most parts of the country, that's way less expensive than buying right. a house. Exactly, and so yeah, but yeah. you're also getting a hundred and some odd square feet. Even so, seventeen thousand is not like you say a hell of a lot to spend on a tiny house if you can you know tailor it to your needs mm-hmm. that's that's not a bad deal i guess and if you have time too, like let's hope that you're not buying this and being like i was like i gotta i gotta get in this tiny house in a week like, <laughs> no, it's not gonna work <laughs> right unless you have a porta potty outside yeah, unless you have a porta potty, maybe sh- shower at the gym. Why not? <laughs> shower at the gym, and then a lot of lot of blankets if you're in a colder climate. Yeah, I, it's, I, I guess the moral of the story is, you know, when you're reading those stories, don't necessarily believe the headline. Really? Wait, I, I can't believe every headline I see on the internet. Yeah, there might be um, more to it than than meets the eye. What? I know. Um, all right. I think it's time to move on to winners and losers. Mm. What do you think, Eric? Y'all? Y- yes. Let's do it. This is the segment in which we discuss celebrities and the houses that they may have bought, sold, rented. Um, and we discuss people who might have made a good deal. Maybe they sold it for over asking. Maybe they got rid of it really quickly. Uh, and then we discuss our loser, and our loser is someone who is not a loser in real life, but they are a real estate loser in that they might have made a bad deal, 
find themselves in a difficult situation real estate wise. Um, and sometimes we even do cover people who just lost a bunch of money. So, um, <laughs> all that is to say, <laughs> all that is to say that our losers this week are Avril Lavigne and Chad Kroger, who used to be married. Yeah, Natalie, cue the sad trombone. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. R.I.P. to this early '90s power cu- pop power couple. Late '90s, early 2000s. Or that's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> this late, yeah, early, late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, because that was I would have been Avril. So her big single was complicated. complicated. And what year was and that? What year was that? 2003, four. I was in sixth grade. Oh my god. <laughs> so that was But, uh, yeah, so anyway, why are they our losers this week? Yeah, well, I mean, I will spare you the Nickelback jokes. I know everybody loves to make fun of Nickelback, um, but... (laughs) Yeah, Chad Kroger was in Nickelback. This is how you remind me of what I really am. Yeah, Chad Kroger was the front, or is the front man of Nickelback, and... Is? They're still kicking? They're still around. We should actually look up the tour dates and see where they're playing the summer. Should we? Yeah. I mean, maybe they're doing one of those cruises. Well, that would be awesome. Go back. Wait, let me look up tour dates. Chat. <laughs> look at us. If you Google Chad Kroger, our story shows up in the top stories. Nice. All right, tour 2019. Let's see where where can we see Nickelback? Uh, they will be in Canada. They're coming down to New Hampshire in July. 17th. Oh my gosh! Maybe I'll drive up. Although, oh, here we go. You're good on August 24th. They will be in Atlantic City. Oh, so that's closer. I thought you were going to say they're going to be in like Brooklyn. No, no. Nickelback's out on tour. Uh, Chad from Nickelback still owns this house with Avril Lavigne. Uh, the couple split shortly after buying the home. They married in 2013. Yeah. 2013, and they split in 2015. Yeah. And this house is in Sherman Oaks, which is out in the valley in Southern California. Uh, it's a beautiful house. They bought it for six million. Yeah, yeah, six, five point nine nine five. Yeah, six million, and they put it on the market about six months ago for seven point nine, with basically eight million dollars uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of last year, towards the end of two thousand eighteen, and then the price was cut to seven and a half right around the beginning of this year, and then in March it was cut to six point nine. So we we you know we said what the heck? What you know? Why isn't this house sold? We kind of took a look at it. Uh, it's a nice enough house. It's the most expensive house in Sherman Oaks right now. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. In, wow. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, that could be a big reason why it's not. Yeah. Selling. So the median price per square foot in Sherman Oaks right now is five hundred and ten dollars, and this house, Kroger and Levine's house, is asking six eighty six. So it is a bit more pricey than the average home in Sherman Oaks, uh, it's already been cut in price twice. So hmm. that 
kind of leads me to believe it was a price though a bit ambitiously when it when it hit the market in 2018 and now they're trying to catch up to maybe a price that is more desirable to a buyer looking for a big place in the valley it's 10 right. 10 000 square feet it has all the you know kind of the accoutrements that you'd expect a home theater beautiful backyard with a pool and an outdoor kitchen you know they've both sold a ton of records i don't think either of them are particularly hurting for cash i know she was right they're both like still probably getting royalties yeah and i could swear she moved on to dating a billionaire if i remember correctly she has a page she has a section on her wikipedia that says artistry (laughs) (laughs) yeah avril levine is this is from february of this year she's smitten with billionaire boyfriend philip seraphim 34 what does he do philip seraphim he is the son of texas billionaire Fayez Seraphim. Here's everything you need to know about Avril Lavigne's billionaire boyfriend, Philip Seraphim. So his father is worth uh, reportedly $1.48 billion. He's the second largest shareholder in Kinder Morgan and also owns a stake of the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. So Avril's done quite well for herself after leaving Chad in the dust. Yeah. In terms of finding someone with huge pockets uh yeah so uh yeah i don't think avril is hurting for cash here's hoping that they don't have a complicated sales process oh god oh god yeah i think we even dropped a complicated yeah we did drop a complicated reference in the article in the lead it's in the third it's in the third paragraph yeah well (sighs) it'll it'll stay with her for life just as the fact that she was dated she dated Ch- Chad Kroger or was married to Chad Kroger will also stay with her. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to our winner. Winner. Um, the winner is Priscilla Presley. Yes. Priscilla. The widow of Elvis Presley. Yeah. She hasn't been married to Elvis Presley for quite a while. <laughs> no, cause he died a long time ago. <laughs> so yeah, Priscilla Presley bought this place. It's in LA, uh, 1976 it was three years after she divorced elvis and i believe he died in 77 so um is even she bought this place before he died and she paid 170 grand for this place and uh while it's not clear if she ever lived there maybe back in the 70s definitely in recent years or in recent decades her the home was lived in by her parents her mom and her stepfather. so we don't know if she actually lived there right but she okay. listed the place as i mentioned before she bought it for 170 grand in the 70s she listed it in early may for 3.65 million the mom passed away in 2005 the dad passed away in early 2018 uh, mm-hmm. the house went on the market like i say in early may and it was being sold as is with no you know credits or repairs being done by the seller it was owned by her trust it wasn't like a a showpiece by any standards it's you know no it's actually i mean is is 3.65 kind of a decent price for this house because if you look at the photos uh you can you can find the photos on realtor.com slash news um uh, it's not stuff like it's not Drop dead gorgeous. Like, no. it, it just doesn't like three six five. Just seems really high priced. No, like, but this, okay, it, like it, it may seem that way at first blush. But if they knock down this home and build mm-hmm. a new spec home in its place, it could list for upwards of ten million dollars. Okay, so 
say you so not it's the, this. It's the land value. It's the land value, and there's there is a brand new mansion. I looked looked it up about you know I don't know uh, a mile away or so, and it's on the market now for twenty one point five million dollars. So if an enterprising buyer came along and saw the the land underneath this home, it's I think I want to say it's on a nearly a half acre lot. Yeah, yeah. It's there's plenty of potential to build a new home on it. Um, and there's just so many trees on the lot, and it's it's on a corner, but it doesn't look like it's a very busy corner either. Right. Um, so it it looks like a great opportunity for somebody. Yes. Um, and that's why we're calling her the winner. Well, and I mean, it's a nice return on investment 40 years later to sell something that you bought for $170,000. Right, exactly. For $3.65 million with no questions really asked, no no repairs, yeah. no no nothing. You're, you're pretty much just saying buy this house as is. Yeah. So, I mean, we've done plenty of stories about Elvis in the past, uh, you know, about the- his, his trailers <laughs> that were like up for, that have been up for auction forever. No, the, the one house that there, there was Priscilla and Elvis's honeymoon house in Palm Springs. That In Palm Springs, right. That was on the market. That house is awesome. That house was on the market or it's still on the market. It's been on the market for a long time. Um, but yeah, uh, Priscilla made out pretty well. And for that, we're going to call her our winner of the week. Fantastic. So that's it for House Party. If you would like to check out these stories we discussed today or any other stories about celebrity real estate, uh, home news, home advice, um, go to realtor.com slash news, news and insights. You can also search on your favorite search engine, type in realtor.com and the topic, and we're likely to have an article on it. If you liked what you heard today, you can also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on all the major platforms. You can email us at podcast at realtor.com. We'd love to hear any housing stories that you have, any questions that you want to ask experts. Uh, We're all ears. so And we, we love to talk to our listeners and hear what you guys think. And we're also on Twitter. And we're also on Twitter at House Party Pod. We also have a book that we just launched. It is Realtor.com's first book, and it's on house buying, and it's called The Essential First-Time Home Buyer's Book. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, you can find it on a Kindle, e-reader. Anywhere um, anywhere you get your e-books. Uh, it, it, it's a really good resource. We've heard from a number of people who have already read it that it is quite helpful. Check it out on Amazon or wherever you get your e-books. And uh, that is it for the week. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Natalie. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.